Hey everybody, this is Stan Wangland and welcome to Just Thinking. Thanks for joining me today in your very busy day uh, for Just Thinking. Are you on lockdown? Have you been freed up? Uh, the kids driving you crazy? Are you and your spouse fist fighting yet? <laughs> during this coronavirus, uh, during this pandemic, during this very trying times? Well, I hope not. And I hope today's show, uh, you know, brings some uh, some uh, lightheartedness into your life as well as some serious thinking about a topic uh, that I think is worth uh, discussing, particularly right now with what's going on in the world and just in life in general because it affects so many people. I've been dealing with this as a psychologist for over four decades and as a human being for, you know, my life uh, like you do. And today's show is, you know, what are you afraid of? Uh, people have so much fear, and particularly in the 21st century. There's an awful lot of fear that people experience, and uh, some people have a handle on it and know how to cope with it, and other people don't, quite frankly. And then when you have periods of time like this, or periods of war, or economic problems, or marital problems, or health problems, things like that, man, uh, the, the levels of fear, uh, you know, really, really, really go up uh, a lot, uh, a lot higher, you know? And uh, it's, a, it's a good thing to do. It's a good discussion to have. Uh, maybe when, uh, you know, if you're listening to the show and you turn it off, you might want to discuss it with people, have some fun. Uh, it's, uh, you might be surprised because it's like anything else. What's beautiful to somebody is ugly to another person. And what's fearful to one person is not necessarily the most fearful thing to somebody else. But, uh, you know, if you said to me, uh, what, are the, what's, what are you most afraid of? Uh, at this point in my life, and uh, when I was a younger man too, due to the fact that I work with doctors and I work with a lot of people in a healthcare situation, the thing that always made me the most fearful is being um, controlled by people uh, who are doctors. My health, my, uh, my physical health, being subject uh, to a physician or a dentist or somebody else when I have no imp you know, control over it. You know, where I can't go in and say, well, I'll do that myself. I don't like the way you're doing that electric job. I'll, I'll put the, the outlet in myself. You can't do that. You know, you can't give yourself a colonoscopy. You can't pull your own tooth or, you know, you, you, unless you're awful special uh, to do those kinds of things. So you're, you're being controlled by other people. And I'm not a control freak where I want to control anybody else, but I don't want anybody controlling me, to be sure. So I don't like that, and I don't particularly like it now. Uh, so there's one thing, uh, you know, th that was um, something I was uh, fearful of. Um, I love to, uh, I'm a very uh, good public speaker, and I have a long history of public speaking. It doesn't bother me at all. And I can get up and, uh, you know, speak in front of anybody, uh, do something at the drop of a hat. Although I uh, was quite a good guitarist as, as a kid, and one of the things that I would experience with the guitar, oddly enough, was stage fright. I didn't, I guess I didn't want to be criticized, uh, you know, about my playing or I felt fearful it wasn't good enough or whatever, but I, I would get stage, stage fright. And I've gotten over that somewhat, but I, I still have that. I certainly play totally different when I'm playing by myself uh, to a backing track or a loop or something like that, uh, or then go in front of a live audience. And, and if I'm listening to the, you know, them on tape or something, I'll say, Ugh. you know, I, I, I'll sometimes, you know, cringe a little bit. Uh, on that. So, you know, it's one of those things that I'm fearful of. Now, there's a, a whole bunch of lists. I know I would do uh, um, 
many courses on public speaking and communication, and then you know talk about the things that people are afraid of and remind people that the fear of public speaking used to be years ago. I, you know, I, I see different lists that I have for you today. Used to be the number one fear uh, with people, and it's it's on all of them, one way or the other. But uh, I don't know what your fears are, but think of them with the show. Here's a list that I had, a very common one. It was uh, I just wanted to see what a common list was, and then I then I got some that were a little more. Um, I thought were a little more accurate. Here's the first fear. And uh, there were, I think, 500,000 people that were, uh, um, you know, did a, a survey with us that they that they gauged. And the number one fear was the fear of getting old. Uh, you know, uh, in our society, that's like poisoned, which is number two. <laughs> the fear of being poisoned. Now, now I've never heard of that before. Uh, in all my years uh, as a psychologist, a couple of times with people who were kind of like psychotic, you know, they would be paranoid. They would think they were being poisoned, but I I never saw that in the majority. So that was a new one to me on here. Not the fear of getting old, but the fear of being poisoned, number two. The fear of being a coward. Uh, I haven't seen most people uh, that I've run across that being a big thing, but that may be to some of you out there, maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, you know, sticking up for yourself or not being uh, embarrassed, though, you know, those kinds of things. The fourth common fear is germophobia. Now that I have seen from a lot of people with obsessive hand washing and everything else. And just think of what it's like today with this virus going on when you have people who have a fear of being poisoned and then have this germophobia to boot so people are telling you, yeah, you better be washing your hand, you know, your hands 150,000 uh, times a day. So, of course, they're out there doing it. So it feeds right into that. Another fear that many people have is a fear of going crazy. Uh, again, I have not seen this as a big fear, even as a psychologist. Even crazy people who come in are not too afraid of going crazy. Some people feel that they're losing control, but I don't find that as a common fear. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namaga Madoff versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Maybe you do. There's a fear of intimacy, and, uh, you know, that is uh, a big fear that I've seen with people. People don't like to reveal themselves to other people or to have other people see sides of them that they feel may not portray them in the the best possible light. Uh, Another common fear is the fear of spiders, of rats, of cockroaches, snakes, airplanes, monsters, demons, mirrors, things like that. Uh, those those kinds of fears. Uh, I see even somebody has a, f- a fear list included with this, a fear of high heels. What? 
Anyway, social phobias, and here this is listed as number eight, but including the fear of public speaking and agoraphobia, the fear of open spaces. Yes, I have known some people who have agoraphobia, obviously, and, and that's a specific phobia, uh, you know, to be sure. And um, I haven't seen large numbers of people with that. Uh, nine and ten are some that I would have thought would be ranked much higher. A fear of death and a fear of loneliness. And I see many, many people with the fear of death and a fear of loneliness. And particularly uh, people fear death. Uh, they don't know what's going to happen, if there's another life, but they're particularly afraid of the, the type of death they're going to have. Is it going to be a painful death? They can handle even death, but they don't want it to be painful. And of course, the fear of loneliness, people, uh, as they get older or if they're sick, they don't want to be put in the hospital. They don't want to be put in a nursing home. They want, don't want to be isolated from their friends or the things that they're familiar with. Nobody likes the idea of that, uh, of those kinds of things. You know, what are some other kinds of fears that you might have? You know, uh, you know, fear of flying. That's uh, one of the top 10 fears. Uh, like I said, the fear of public speaking, that's like number two. And uh, that fear of flying is uh, aerophobia. That, uh, it's really the fear of crashing with most people. And the fear of heights, that's number three. So, you know, in, uh, sandwiched in between the fear of flying uh, or crashing and the fear of heights is the fear of public speaking, you know? So, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very curious people. A lot of people, uh, have a scotophobia or is the fear of the dark or nyctophobia. Uh, and you know, that's a childhood fear. I can remember my parents with that. That was a big deal that you couldn't be afraid of the dark that, uh, you know, I'd beg them, can you leave the door open a crack in my room? So can you leave the light? No, no lights on. Can you leave the door open a crack? No, the door isn't open a crack. No, no, no. That's not going to happen. Well, whatsoever. Old timey way that was supposed to break you of that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, what other kinds of fears? Um, I mentioned before the fear of intimacy. Uh, we also have the fear of failure. Uh, you know, people don't want to, uh, uh, they don't want to, um, uh, be perceived to be a loser. And uh, this one is like very pervasive in our society. And the fear of failure goes right along with the fear of rejection. This is a big one. And this is one of the top 10 fears, the fear of rejection, like the fear of intimacy that I mentioned before. That's one of the top, top 10 ones. Uh, we mentioned fear of spiders, fear of commitment, you know, Here's another one. That's one of the top, tens, uh, top 10 fears. You know, biggie, biggie, biggie. Uh, there's also common ones like um, fear of dogs, fear of driving. Here's a biggie one, a big one, I think, the fear of dentists. If I go like this to you, hey, you're going to get really, really nervous <laughs> with the thought of that sound. Most people do. Uh, fear of snakes, fear of needles, fear of being alone. Uh, lots of people uh, have a fear of water. Uh, lots of other people from years ago in particular have a fear of God. They have a fear of being abandoned by other people, you know. And one that I don't uh, get, but a lot of people have, uh, I think it's called chorophobia. It's a fear of clowns. 
You know, what the hell is that all about? <laughs> Where people are afraid of clowns. Other people are afraid of change. Other people, of course, fear doctors to death. They fear crowds. They fear being touched. And uh, we mentioned open spaces. So those are big, big, big common fears that people have. Now, how do you guys fit on that list with things that you're afraid of? You know, and what new ones have you had since uh, with the political landscape that we're in right now or the landscape of the pandemic? I mean, this is one of the things that the news and the president and politicians and, and companies and people trying to get your money. This is what they fear feed off of your fear and my fear. You know, you have a fear of foreigners. Uh, you know, we'll put up that wall. You know, if they're going to come over and rape you. You have a, you have a fear of uh, the, the president's going to take over. He's going to take the country over and be a fascist. Uh, you know, we have to impeach him. You know, people got you fear on the left, fear on the right, and then this fear in the middle because you have to be afraid because not one of these goddamn sons of guns uh, seems to know what the hell they're doing or can give a straight message. So people become afraid of things. When they don't know about something, they either deny it, ignore it, or become afraid of it. And uh, that's how, uh, you know, we get, uh, uh, that's how we get into trouble. You know, that's how we get into trouble. And that's how we become very anxious. The anxiety is based on fear. And then we get behavioral disturbances from that, you know. So we can get stress, you know, from constantly being under this, uh, uh, you know, this state of fear and frustration. We can have emotional trauma caused by this fear. We can get financial concerns that can spin this off. We can have changes in our performance. We can have changes in our physical health, you know, based on these things. You know, so it, it's, it's very bad. And, and what kinds of you know, what kinds of things can you, you know, can develop from this? Well, you can get generalized anxiety disorder where you're just anxious about things. You're nervous all the time. You have a hard time eating. You have a hard time sleeping. You have a hard time having sex. You have a hard time enjoying yourself or focusing and concentrating on things. It interferes with your daily tasks, you know? Uh, and sometimes when you've been doing this for a long time, you become depressed, and what do a lot of people do when they're afraid of something a great deal? You may be doing it now that you're on lockdown. You might be eating more or you might be using drugs or alcohol. That what you try to do is you try to um, break up that pattern uh, of anxiety that you were feeling or that depression that you're feeling. And you try and self-medicate with food or drugs or alcohol or sex or, uh, you know, or risk, risky behavior or you know, uh, you know, constant entertainment or constant distraction, those kinds of things. Uh, that's kind of what people do, you know? Now, what are some things that you can do that are, that are you know, better than doing that? Well, one of the things that you can do is you can exercise every day. You know, that's a pain in the ass to do for a lot of people just in general. People, you know, they get up, they don't feel well about the last thing you want to do is you want to start exercising. But it does start stimulating all the endorphins in your body, all the hormones that are good for you, firing off all kinds of neurotransmitters, you know, increasing the oxygen to you, you know, kind of stimulating your body into uh, a lot of goodness. So even some simple walking, going outside for 15 to 20 minutes and... Um, 
adjusting some dietary things can do some great things for you. You know, some uh, whole grain uh, carbs with some protein. Uh, I've always told people, great advice. You want to do something good for yourself? Go on a nice half-hour walk in the fresh air. Have a uh, turkey sandwich on some uh, multi-grain bread. You know, afterwards, and you're going to give your body and mind uh, a nice kind of a rush on things like that. So exercise daily. Uh, you know, make sure that you're eating a balanced diet. Uh, this, these things affect your immune system, but they also affect your mental and physical health. Another one is trying to maintain a positive attitude. Well, if you're fearful. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there. That sounds kind of a stupid suggestion. How can you maintain a positive uh, attitude? Well, one of the things to do is to engage uh, in some type of exercises or meditation um, or mindfulness that makes you verbalize or think about some positive things, like writing down in a little journal, five good things that happened today. If you can't find five, find three. If you can't find three, find one. You know, the next day, shoot for two. Uh, when you write down those positive things and, and go back and read them, uh, you have this cognitive kind of a dissonance. If you start thinking about positive things, you'll start acting in a positive way. Or if you don't, if you're not thinking about positive things, but are acting in positive ways, you'll start thinking about positive things. So just like you can start a negative cycle, you can start a positive cycle. Make sure you get enough sleep. When you don't get enough sleep, uh, your mind doesn't get the uh, deep sleep that it needs. It doesn't get the REM sleep. And sleep is a restorative process. It restores your mind. It restores your body. And uh, that'll help restore your mind, body, and your spirit uh, there a little bit so that you're more amenable for your exercise. You're more amenable for a positive attitude. And, uh, you know, when you do those things, then you'll be more amenable to get another good night's sleep. Another thing you can do is you can learn what triggers your anxiety uh, and what helps alleviating it. Sometimes it's a simple thing like avoiding it. Sometimes it's a simple thing like uh, analyzing it and saying, what makes me scared um, when somebody says I have to do such and such? You know, those kinds of things. You can practice relaxation techniques. Uh, such as progressive relaxation or yoga or meditation or prayer or, uh, you know, humor, uh, anything. If you're um, a very anxious person, you might want to stop smoking if you're very fearful. And you might want to stop at the consumption of your caffeinated drinks. Or you might want to really limit your smoking. And while you're in the midst of a really bad anxiety attack, well, that wouldn't be the time I would stop smoking, to be honest with you. Your uh, doctor might tell you something differently. Uh, and I also wouldn't knock off all my caffeinated drinks. I would really reduce it, but I would take enough to keep the edge off of any caffeine-induced anxiety or problems. You don't, you don't want to be dealing with too many things. If you're overweight and you smoke and you use a lot of caffeine, try and pick one of the things to start with that you knock off and uh, maybe reduce the others a little tiny drop. Don't do everything at once. You didn't get those habits in a day. You're not going to lose those habits in a day. 
but uh, it's uh, you know certainly <clears throat> certainly um, you know a way to help you out there. Are you finding this a useful show? I hope you are when you're locked down, and when you're not locked down, let me tell you, it's it's just as useful because there'll be some crazy things out there that're going to make you scared. Uh, you know, if your anxiety or your fear is sporadic and it's getting the way, uh, getting in the way of your tasks, here's some quick things that you can do and natural things that you can do that help you take control of the situation. The first thing is to question your thought pattern. Negative thoughts can take root in your mind and, and what they do is they distort your perceptions. Uh, you know, you get, you get a negative thought in your head. It doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. Uh, you just start thinking erroneously. And the best way to do that is to be very calm and challenge them and ask yourself if they're true. Like if you say, if you're very fearful or very anxious because you, because you don't think that you're good enough or smart, like the simple thing to do is not to say, why do you think that? But what makes that so? Where's the empirical evidence? If you were going to a court and you had to bring evidence, what evidence would you bring in that you're uh, that you're stupid, that you're not worthy, that things are going to fail, or whatever? Question your thought pattern, and if you can come up with reasonable doubts, why would you think in a negative way? What would that do? Absolutely nothing. You know, so it's one of the uh, one of the simplest things to do, and it's part of a, a type of thinking called cognitive behavioral therapy where you question your perceptions. If you have wrong perceptions, if you're looking at life incorrectly, if you're not sensing or seeing or understanding something correctly, uh, you're you're responding in an incorrect way and you're going to get an incorrect uh, kind of emotional response. So question your thought patterns. Another thing is to practice focused deep breathing. If you can't do anything else, you can try breathing in for four counts and breathing out for four counts for about five minutes. You don't want to hyperventilate. Uh, you know, and, and you can do that. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just a technique. And it's a technique that can help you with anxiety. So you try breathing in for four counts, breathing out for four counts, and you do that for five minutes. And you'll, you'll slow your heart rate, which helps you calm down. Uh, another thing you can do is, uh, and that may be an extreme version, uh, even though it's very simple, is to use aromatherapy. And whether it's in an oil form or an incense or a candle, there are scents like lavender, chamomile, sandalwood that are very soothing. Uh, aromatherapy, uh, the reason it works is it's thought to activate certain receptors in your brain. And these are receptors that kind of ease anxiety. Now, if you don't think that's true, real estate agents have known for years and years that they can sell a house a lot better if they cook something like a Cinnabon kind of a smell or particularly the smell of baking bread with the yeast in a house. People come in and they feel very relaxed. They get sleepy. They feel like they're at home. They want to stay there. So there's one for you too. If you're nervous, put some of those uh, yeast rolls or something in the oven and bake them. They smell good. You know, excellent. As I said before, before, another good thing to do is if you're anxious, go for a walk or do 15 minutes of yoga, you know, one of the best ways to stop anxious thoughts is to walk away from the situation, take some time to focus on your body and not on your mind, and that can distract you and help relieve you from anxiety. And the exercise in general in the fresh air or those kind of things will make you feel a lot better.
another thing to do is to uh, kind of make an interesting job out of it. It's kind of like you're a spy or you're a writer or you're using yourself as the subject of a book and you can write down your thoughts. Write down what's making you anxious to get it out of your head. And when you write it down and try and analyze it yourself, it can make it much less daunting. You know, uh, these are relaxation tricks, and they're very helpful for those people who experience anxiety sporadically. And they also work well with people who have generalized anxiety disorder uh, when they're in a bind. You know, those kinds of things. You know, there are also long-term strategies for coping with anxiety and uh, a lot of those things have to do with um, identifying and learning to manage your triggers. Uh, another one is to adopt a cognitive behavioral therapy program, where that's how you think about your thinking uh, and your perceptions, to do a daily or routine meditation. I love to do that. You can try supplements that change your, um, your, your diet, uh, you know, things like green tea, valerian root, uh, dark chocolate, lemon balm, uh, you know, other things that you can find from a dietitian or you look up and have some fun with. You can keep your mind and body healthy in terms of exercising, sleeping, and eating uh, things in a balance and, and keeping careful track of that, as I said. And if all that doesn't work, you can ask your doctor about some very um, common medications that they don't have all as many bad side effects as you think they are. Um, there are things like Boost Par and other things if you have anxiety. You can, my goodness, get a baby dose of that five milligram dose from your physician if you need that. You'd be amazed at how uh, beneficial that can be if you can't break up that anxiety with some of these other techniques. You take the edge off and then you can get into some of these things. But that's something for you to speak with your doctor about. So there's a ton of options. And then, and I'm not going to do it on this show, there are a million behavioral ones. Like if things that are make you afraid, there's, there's techniques like flooding. If you're afraid of worms, for example, if you get a bucket full of worms and stick your hand in it, <laughs> you won't be afraid of worms anymore. You won't freak out. It's actually you become flooded. Nothing is that bad. I can remember having a medical procedure where somebody had to put a needle, a 20-gauge needle, which is like a knitting needle, into my groin because I had cystitis. And I had a uh, literally a lymph node that was the size of a dinner plate that was infected. Uh, and I was really in serious condition. And I almost went off the roof. Uh, and I'll never forget my wife holding uh, my hand and saying, my God, you took that like a man. And then the physician had to get more fluid out of it and hit it again. And if the first time was horrific, the second time was positively surreal. Now, I can tell you the truth from from that day forward, there's a case of flooding. I never like needles. You could stick a needle in my eyeball. Nothing. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. If somebody says, you got something in your ear, I've got to put this big needle in there. Go ahead. Hey, if you can have that happen, uh, you've been flooded, baby. Needles are not a problem for you. Well, I don't know if you liked this show today as much as I did, but when you were worried about the pandemic, uh, you're worried about losing your job and money and a million and one other things. See, I brought the anxiety level back up again. Try some of these uh, techniques with things and say, you know, what am I worried about? And, uh, you know, what's the validity of this? And what is really going to happen? And if that's not helping, you know, try some of the other tips on taking a walk, checking out some things with your diet, manipulating some of the situation. And if you need to, you know, call up your physician and say, uh, or your general care person practitioner and say, hey, I'm a little tense right now. Here's just something that you could do for me to take the edge off of all this. 
you've tried everything else. There's no shame in that. And you'll be surprised how quick, uh, when you take these very, very simple, uh, practical and productive steps, you'll be back uh, in fine fettle and busting everybody's balls like you did when you were feeling just perfectly. How's that for a little Brooklyn psychology for you? Well, I hope you enjoyed the show today and uh, I'll catch you next time on Just Thinking. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin. Please feel free to follow and subscribe on whichever podcasting service you use for your podcasting needs and give us a rating and review for Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin. And also you can check Stan out on Twitter. It's at S Wanglin. That's at S Wanglin. W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D on Twitter. And you can also follow all the great shows on the Reality Check Podcast Network on our Instagram page, Reality Check Podcast Network, or on our Twitter, at our podcast network on Twitter. And if you are interested in advertising or sponsoring your products, your services on this show, all you have to do is hit me up at wwrpodcast.com at gmail.com and find out about the great rates to advertise on shows like Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin and the many, many more great shows on the Reality Check Podcast Network.